Womandla on cliffcentral.com. There are a lot of changes every March on every radio station around the country and Cliff Central has been no different. I'm still trying to find my feet. New time slots coming in and out. But you're tuned in to Womandla and it's still a Wednesday and I am still Pumi Mashekho. Thank you for joining me today. And I think here in Gauteng at least, a lot of kids went back to school yesterday. Some of them are, some of the spoiled brats are going on holiday only on Friday. And that means most of us traumatized mummies have now had our first, this year's first report. We've just looked at that report and I think it's early days yet. And this is the time to be making those decisions about how you're supporting your child. We know the statistics. Education is expensive. We know the statistics. What is it? What's the number? It's something like half a million kids start grade one every year and only about 250 actually make it out at the end of standard 10 standard 10 what's standard 10 yeah that's how old i am (laughs) (laughs) make it out on the other side of grade 12 and it's always like national news who has done well and who has not and who could be doing better and Halfway through the year, there's always some kind of Mistress Angie fighting with the teachers about some kind of assessments and who's doing what. But I think if you're making the investment in your children's education, you should hedge that investment. You should kind of, you know, hedge your bets and really give the support. So, and I hate doing homework. I hate doing homework with my kid. And he's only eight years old, as you all know. And I already hate doing homework. And I, I'm so worried about when the day comes, when I, when the homework is, is actually outside of my scope of knowing. And I'm absolutely astounded at how much work they do today and can't believe that this is what our children are exposed to. So I thought the right thing to do for me and for you is let's have a conversation this early in the year about learner support because I think it is an important part of teaching children, of allowing them to be the best that they can be in the classroom and in life in general, you know, to give them the confidence that they need. So I've asked two friends to join me today. Sudesh, I've been practicing this name. We've been talking on email. And every time I send him an email, I think it's always some kind of funny something. It's a, it's a different iteration. And he's been so kind to me. Sudesh, thank you so much for coming. He's been so kind. He didn't like lambast me the first time around, the second time around. And then like he'll respond and say, regards Sudesh. And I think that's not what I called him. <laughs> <laughs> Sudesh is the founder. And are you, are you the CEO or are you the principal? What's the head of this, of a learning organization? I'm the founder of Study Buddy. Yeah, the founder of Study, Study Buddy. Buddy. Right. And I've also got uh, from Kumon, South Africa. Roseanne, how do I say your last name? Loni. Loni. You see, I have to be worried about these things. I don't speak English as a mother tongue, guys. <laughs> so it's a thing. Kumon, South Africa and Study Buddy. And I've read a lot about Kumon. I've read a lot now about Study Buddy. And... Very fascinating, but I'm going to let you tell our listeners about your organizations. Ladies first, or shall we let Sudesh go first? Sudesh, now that I'm so happy I've got you here in the studio, I think my chances of becoming president are getting better by the day. <laughs> you go first, Sudesh. Um, hi, thanks thanks for having me, um, and hi, Roseanne. Hello. Um, so, Study Buddy uh, was, was formed... Um, about seven years ago. From, Great name, by the way. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I owe a lot of credit uh, to a colleague, Lauren, uh, who assisted me a lot uh, with the branding and marketing collateral and the like. Mm. Um, so we spent a lot of time thinking about uh, what it is that we really wanted to do in this space. Um, and having come from a mathematics science background, um, I thought... Uh, Sudesh, are you one of those kids? Are you those kids with the 100% in maths and science? Um, I, I don't think it was close to 100%, but we, try, we tried really hard. Um, uh, back in the day, so I, I spent a lot of time in mathematics and science and everything, and uh, a great uh, company called Old Mutual employed me in their actuarial department, and I went on to study the actuarial subjects, um, and um, 
you know, working as an actuarial consultant has been exceptionally exciting. It still is extremely exciting. And over the years, I was inspired by people, you know, Peter Sage, Richard Branson, Tim Collins, etc. And I, and I s- said, I'm seeing these kids struggling and um, there's something I know I can do about it and what it is that I could do. And I came up with this entire thing that I found children are actually feeling rather stifled and somehow mathematics seems to be central to their lives. If they're getting an A in history and failing maths, they're very sad children. Their self-esteem is taking an absolute knock. And so I said to myself, do I want to teach mathematics or do I want to show a child that they have the ability to pass mathematics and thereby have more possibilities in life. And the possibilities may not be limited only to the nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I really, really wanted to see the child who's struggling to actually start glowing, really, from day one. And that was my creed, and that's a policy I live by. When the child walks in, And within the first 10 to 15 minutes, it's been my creed and my calling to absolutely wow the child. And we'd show them techniques and methods and you'd see their eyes literally lighting up. Lots of them would say, nobody told us this. And we don't worry about what people told them and didn't tell them. Our job is to inspire them. And I say to guys at every lecture I go to, when you walk out of here today, you must feel 10% better than you were yesterday. And I say to them, don't negotiate yourself into accepting less. Go for great. Thus, with this vision, I felt we can pioneer a new way in which people are taught mathematics, science, and various learning areas and really show children that they can pass mathematics. So study buddy is a homegrown method and it's it's kind of, it's a, it's across various subject matters. It's, so you guys aren't just maths and you're not just science. So it's maths, it's science, it's biology. It's, it's a lot of languages and languages that's quite right across the range and created yes. right here at home. And I, and, and when I looked at your website and looked at the work, professors, it's always very nice when you're a mom, you're just like, there are professors out here making this thing happen. And Yours is an international method. Yes. Kumon. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about Kumon. All right. Well, Kumon essentially is um, a maths and English program, and it is extramural, so it's not part of a school system. We offer it through a network of franchises around the country and around the world. And it's um, it, many of the uh, philosophies that uh, Sudesh has just mentioned are very core to ours as well. But, yes, it's essentially um, a place where ch- children can come, that they can basically go back to the beginning of their mathematics or back to the beginning of the um, we offer the English language um, program and almost start again as it were and build up those foundations of um, things that they've missed all along the way so that they can start to not only enjoy maths but actually excel in it and not only to excel in maths and English but actually to excel in many subjects because exactly as Sudesh said it's often the case where if you're failing in maths or you're not doing well in maths it has the uh, um, potential to really derail a, a big part of your school education. Well, because everybody makes such a big deal about maths. Yes. Every, everybody <laughs> makes such a big deal about maths. I remember when I was at school and, oh, you know, maths sucked. I, I really sucked at maths. And I had to get a tutor and I had to... It was because everybody makes such a big mm. deal about mm. maths. Mm. And I, I kind of get it now that I'm a grown-up. <laughs> now that I'm a grown-up and, you know, there's petrol prices and... Shopping and all sorts of things. I kind of get it. Um, but I think when you're that young and, and especially as a parent, when you then have to, have to be the person where you had like your own palpitations about meds and now you have to be the person helping another person to learn this thing and, and get the foundations right. It's, it's a little. It's freaky for everybody involved and it can't, yeah. you know, if the kid doesn't have the, uh, uh, an aptitude towards it, it, doesn't tend to end well for all involved. Yeah. So, but 
you know, so just why is there such a need for extracurricular help? Why is it not enough that they, they, there's a teacher in the class and they teach them and they must just come back and do their homework without you? Why is there such a need? Um, Sudesh, maybe let's, because you founded Study Buddy, why did you feel there was such a need for extracurricular support for students? Mm. I, th- I think if you look at the dynamics in our country, um, our classrooms are overcrowded. Um, and that overcrowding itself is is an issue. Historically, we find that a fair number of educators in the rural areas, they themselves um, were exposed to an education system that we all know was poor. Um, so in rural areas as well, we find that educators have actually struggled a lot with mathematics and science understanding themselves, and they had to disseminate this on a daily basis to something like 200 children. If you look at having five or six lessons per day, and and you're sitting in the class of 30 to 40, uh, you don't quite understand the technical material, and you're teaching this to 200 people a day. Um, that's... That's another issue. It's it's um, the the level of incompetence in the country. Um, intellectually, South Africa is battling. Um, we we know of all the stats when people talk about our intellectual capacity, our productivity gains in the country. Uh, we're really lagging behind. You mentioned something really interesting as well. It is why actually emphasize mathematics. <laughs> you know, and uh, people asked me this question from the time I was in Western Cape. And they said, Sudesh, why is mathematics important? And to be honest, when I was in my early 20s, I didn't quite know the general answer. And I don't think I, I know it today as well. However, mathematics gives a person the ability to problem solve. And what I say to people is that whether you become a scientist, an engineer, or or you go into creative fields, be it media, be it landscaping, uh, be it plumbing, you are actually problem-solving. And mathematics gives you this ability because life doesn't present you with a problem in a nice package for which there are set rules as to how to go about solving that problem. Every problem that life throws at us is quite unique. And mathematics allows us to problem solve. Of course, literally, mathematics would help our country develop more engineers, more accountants, more doctors and the like. Um, So that, in a nutshell, is the way I see the status quo in the country and the importance. So talk to me a little bit about the methods. The methods that you use when I there's a there's a lot of so we've recently for about I don't know six months now um, I've put my son on Kumon because because I met a child that not met she's a, a child that one of my friend's children is in and she he's five he's five years old and has an incredible. Um, arithmetic ability, which I thought was so fantastic. I thought, I want one of this for my own child. But as we've now been part of it, of, of the system, the, there's a, the system is a very specific system that you use at Kumon. Do you want to tell me a little bit about why it is that way and, and how that benefits a learner? Yes, certainly. Um, I think to start to answer that question, I just want to go back to your previous one about why do we need extracurricular mm-hmm. activities? And I think it's because um, it, it doesn't matter what kind of school you're in or what kind of classroom um, or any what kind of syllabus you're following. There's a, a certain uh, amount of work and a certain syllabus that has to be delivered to students in a certain time frame. And so it will be pitched at a certain level um, with some degree of um, additional 
additional information that's needed or going a bit more quickly for the brighter students. But essentially, in a, in a classroom environment, um, the maths is delivered to students at a certain level, at a certain pace. And um, so that's – but in a classroom situation, whether you've got 10 children or 5 children or 100 children, it's always going to – you have 100 different learners and who are going to learn at a different pace and take in information at a different pace. And so um, – Therefore, some extracurricular um, tuition can really, really help because it helps each individual learner to, um, at their own pace, to be able to grasp um, the this, this subject and have more practice in it that they might not always get in, in having to complete a syllabus in a certain time frame. And so Kumon um, really focuses on that individual ability. And so when a child enrolls at Kumon, we don't really look so much at the age or their grade, but we want to know what can you do right now? What is your ability level at this point? And we have a, a diagnostic test which informs us as to what can this child do right now? And then from that information, we will start them at a very easy starting point for their personal ability. So it's not about what grade you're in, what um, what you're currently studying. What, uh, Where do you need to start according to your own ability? And we will then start them on the program at that level. And then the, that each individual learner will move at their own pace according to their own needs. So a, one particular student might start right back at one plus one, but they know that work. They've done it already at school. So it's really like a refresher and they're able to advance quite quickly and go on to high level work um, very quickly. Another student has never done one plus one. It's never seen it before. So they are going to need a lot more practice and a lot more time. So there's no restriction in terms of you have to um, complete a syllabus in a certain time frame, you have to keep up with the class, you have to make sure that you study this amount of work before you write an exam. None of that um, applies. So our method is to take each individual child and advance them through our um, program, our worksheets, at a pace that's right for them, allowing them sufficient time to practice sufficiently, to master a particular a subject, a topic before they move on to the next one. Because if you don't master this one, this topic, and there's a little gap when you move on, to, especially in mathematics, when you move on to the next step, that little gap that you didn't quite understand in the previous level actually comes into play. And now you didn't quite get it, so now it's starting to become a little more challenging and then a little more challenging. And before you know it's math is awful, you're terrified, anxiety, and so on. So our method is really to allow each child individually, step by step. So one child might take many months to complete a certain topic, another child might fly through, and each one progresses at their own pace according to their own ability. In both the, the English and the math? That's so is correct, it? yes. Okay. It's the same method applies to both subjects. And how does the study buddy method work? Because the, 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 the name, and when I started reading up about what you do, the name suggests that it's a, it's a tutoring service. So it's a one-on-one, somebody is there helping you, a buddy that helps you study. Yes. How does that work? Quite right. Um, when we first started out, um, our vision was the old-style face-to-face extra lessons because we felt that South Africa wasn't quite ready for online learning on a 100% basis. So we felt if learners um, have an experienced person standing in front of them and literally teaching, that would be pretty effective. Um, If one goes onto our website and looks at the stats, you'll actually find that that method actually bears fruit. Uh, learners really get you. We're not quite ready yet for the use of Skype and downloading online material. There's various reasons for that. Children, um, there's a self-discipline issue that will come in. Uh, there's connectivity issues. There's data, you know, and our country is not quite ready for that right now. And then, of course, if you do have access to a computer and data and you download stuff and you you get stuck then it's quite disillusioning to think that, oh gosh, there's going to be a fair amount of time that passes before I move from this hurdle because I don't have an experienced person nearby to sort this issue out. So our vision is to ensure we have the face-to-face contact (laughs) and 
we are also in the process of developing online learning material because we feel in future that's going to play a vital role as well. But the way in which we are developing the material, which is currently IP, um, there's a lot of thought going into it. And we don't just want to produce another set of material that already exists on the Internet. Mm -hmm. We're trying to produce something that is going to be explosive and that's going to deliver results even if a learner does not have access to a tutor at that point. So both methods are input have, have the input of a person. All the kids are next to a person. There's work. There's worksheet type stuff that the kids are doing. Yeah. And that, that brings me to, I think, a lot for a lot of parents who are time-starved, who are exhausted, who are... How much of the parent is then required in supporting a learner that's struggling or even just the learner that wants to supplement what's happening in the in the classroom? Well, um, obviously, the more the parent can be involved and the more the parent can um, participate in the child's education, uh, we do see the, the better that the child does progress. So um, it certainly is the case that the, the, there is a direct a positive correlation between the parental involvement and um, a student making positive progress. Um, but um, with Kumon, there is homework that children have to complete on the, the um, there's two days in the week that they come to Kumon, but for the other days of the week, there are worksheets that they need to complete at home, but it's not the requirements of the parent to have to teach, to have to explain the work. That is why the children come to the center. Is um, That's the time for the instructor at the center to um, give any guidance or um, hints or help or whatever is necessary at center. Homework is really where a, the student themselves um, completes the worksheets for the day, but by being well prepped, as it were, in the center, and then they're able to do the work at home. So we don't require parents to do any kind of teaching, um, but we do ask of parents to just um, help children to have a a quiet time, as it were, to complete their worksheets, maybe create a little space for them to work either at the desk or somewhere on the dining room table, but that you'd create an environment that's conducive for them to be able to complete their work at home. The, the one thing I, I say to learners and to parents that the development of a child is a multi-party effort, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I say to them, so there's the parent, there's the child, the school. Um, lots of schools these days, especially in the privileged suburbs, have extra academic support. And then there's us. There's Kumon. There's a variety of service providers. Um, on an extra lessons basis. So it's definitely a multi-party effort in that sense. Um, parents are not required, for example, to necessarily understand the mathematics per se. That is entirely our job. We're fully accountable. Um, our aim, as I say, when I say to learners, at the end of this lesson, you need to be 10% more than you were yesterday. I firmly believe that from my heart, the deepest part of my heart, because in a lesson, I've asked all my tutors to please follow a format, and it's not really prescriptive, but certain basics have to be covered. And an incredible part of it is to demonstrate lots of worked out examples. And after having done that, to then give the children independent work to do, so they'd stay silent for the next three or four minutes and solve problems, which would then be reviewed on a, on a board. Um, so, so from that perspective, that's how children would actually pick up techniques that they can apply immediately. Um, we're not huge on homework, but we do give them one tutorial per week, and it's broken down to about 10 minutes per day. We say, if you spend five days doing this, this tutorial is less than an hour. So please bring that to the next lesson. Involvement from parents on a technical capacity, um, almost none is required. But certainly from the child's holistic development point of view, parents would become involved. It's important to, to yeah. be there and kind of give the support. Because, <clears throat> pardon me, one of the, the things that I've, I've seen and being fairly new at this experience only in, in my second year of, of, 
proper kind of engaged in homework and following up and all of that kind of stuff is I have found that the time one spends, so just the time you spend, and, and so there's you make the example of having a tutorial and it's 10 minutes a day, because we kind of come from an, a, a school of thought that says, if there's going to be a test, then you spend three hours the day before learning everything and cribbing. And how much of that really the, the consistent every day doing a little bit? is part of the of the success that you have seen through the the various programs because the programs do sound like that that there's a there's a, a continuous effort that one has to make how much of that continuous effort versus kind of a 4 or 5 hour or all nighter um contributes to the success of the kids well certainly that's the one of the most fundamental um, con- uh, philosophies of Kumon is you don't have to spend hours every day. If you do a little bit every day, it's remarkable how well you'll uh, do in that subject. And it's actually like with anything in life, whether it's a sport, whether it's a musical instrument, um, whatever it is. If you actually practice every single day, you don't have to practice for hours, but you just practice for a certain time period every day. In just about anybody can be really, really good at something. And, but it's also the hardest, hardest discipline for most people to do something every day, even if it's for five minutes or for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. It's the hardest discipline for, for most people. But if you can um, acquire that discipline and you can master it, then you don't need to have a big cram session once a week or hours or hours. If you simply do a little bit every day, that will keep your brain stimulated. It will keep those neural networks going and um, it will enable you to become really, really good at a subject. Because how much of the bad habits of a parent, because you've been at school long ago and the world has shifted. The world has changed. So school today is not what school was when when you matriculated. And you're, for me, I'm only starting the journey. So by the time my son is matriculating, it'll be like, you know, 50 years later. No. <laughs> However, many, you know, the evolution is so drastic, so dramatic. And how much of those bad habits uh, creep into children's um, habits because the parents have them from back in the day. You know, just in terms of your experience working with the kids, working with the parents, putting together this program, how much of that also plays a role, the bad habits of a parent? Hmm. I think role modeling is really important. Uh, we, we are one of the role modeling thing. <laughs> <laughs> you say that it's like I didn't like get it. And I don't think if anybody had ever told me before having a child, that that's the whole thing is everything you do is like being watched and mimicked. Exactly. I don't think I would have listened to it, but <laughs> yes, it yes. gets me every time. Yeah. yeah, they often say that children don't do what you say, they do what you do. Um, they never do what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so certainly role, role modeling is, is really, really important. Um, you know, uh, we have extremities. We have some parents who are extremely involved, you know, and supporting the children and warming their food when they come home and and really supportive. And then on the other end of the scale, some parents are forced to work really long hours and leaving home at 6.30 in the morning, coming home after 7. And you yourself, the economic breadwinner in the household, are so tired, you don't want to come home and start assisting go a child. to school you know it's a uh, it's it's uh, so so children do learn from parents bad habits i often say to people when they come to study buddy that we're not just mathematicians or scientists out there we're also coaches and we chat to children about these wider issues and we speak about the general parent out there and we kind of cover aspects such as where children come from broken homes where there's you know issues at home perhaps alcoholism there may be violence etc and you kind of cover it with personal experiences i like to draw from my own experiences i grew up in a in a house in which there were Where are you from? Um i grew up in Durban uh, Where in Durban? In Reservoir Hills. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you're from KZN. I'm, I'm not from KZN ah. but my mom is from Manzimtoti so I know Durban very well. All right. <laughs> 
I, I, I grew up in a community. So that's a, yeah. okay. So that's, yeah. that's a, 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 I mean, almost every black person in South Africa has a particular type of experience above a certain age. And that is not a place where you would ordinarily think of an actuarial scientist would come from. Mm. I think, I think probably it's the way in which we were demarcated in the past. Um, you could get mathematicians coming out of any area. Mm. And as we've seen, the top learner in the country has come from Limpopo, Limpopo province and so on. So, so there Listen, are people the kids in Limpopo, ne, have uh, a, the, I don't know what is in the water over there, but those <laughs> maths and science numbers coming out of Limpopo, guy. Always, every year, I I am astounded, and I think we should be surely as a country, we we should be cultivating all of this natural ability because there are people with natural ability, there are people with natural linguistic ability, there are people with natural. We should cultivate every time I see those numbers coming out of Lipop. I'm like, those guys don't know what's in the water over there. <laughs> There's lots of achievers that have come out of Limpopo. Uh, I was privy to meeting. A huge per businessman in Johannesburg who's also from the Limpopo province. And he spoke of so many other people who are in big business in Johannesburg who came out of Limpopo. And it's amazing if we were a close society, we'd not ever get to meet these people. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you, you'd get uh, gems coming out of any society, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One's just got to tap into the talent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the. On the one side, there's parent involvement. <laughs> but what we do also see a lot of, which, you know, I'll side eye that, is you also see a lot of parents who seem to be vicariously living through their parents. So the pressure on the kids from the parent can also be, you know, finding how does one find the middle ground? How do you, there's already lots of pressure on children to perform in a particular way. How do you as a parent, you know, not overstep your part of the pressure you add onto it where do you where do you find the middle ground between really pushing a child and knowing that this is their limit and pulling back when you have to yeah i think that's a big challenge for for any parents because especially when you're paying an arm and a leg for that like <laughs> 2.2 million rand for a school like for a school career is I think a lot of parents probably feel there's a lot of money that's been put into this. You better like show proper returns. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's always a dilemma for a parent because on the one hand, if you look at anyone who's succeeded well in life, whatever field they happen to be in, um, and especially those who've, who are the world's best, if you look at their lives, they've started from very young and they've um, worked very, very hard and they have practiced a lot. And there has been a lot of um, times where they've maybe had to sacrifice childhood activities and playing with friends and all of that. Thank you, Tiger Mom. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's almost that's what it takes to be unbelievably successful in whatever field you are. But on the other hand, you also want your child to have of childhood and to um, play and to just be free. That's the only time in your life when you have real freedom and, and no responsibilities or few responsibilities and can just enjoy being in the moment and playing and, um, and imagining and uh, experiencing the world around you. So, but if you only have that kind of life, then you're not going to do so well um, in, in future in your adult years. So how finding the balance, I think, is, is, a, is a really a huge challenge. And I think certain Kumon, and I'm sure with study buddies as well, um, so much of the time we're working with the individual child, yes, but the child comes with parents, with a family, and there's lots of opportunity for us to engage with the family as well. And um, like you mentioned, almost as a coach sometimes, maybe for parents who don't have any kind of um, discipline in the home, like you, you mentioned earlier, um, how do I – I've got lots of bad habits, but I don't really want to pass that on to my child. Sometimes through how we w um, train and work with the child to become more daily disciplined – 
almost has a knock-on effect onto the parents. Onto the parents. And on the other scale where maybe we find um, there's a lot of pressure being put on the child or they um, under extreme pressure to um, perform, we also then have an opportunity to engage with the parents as well and say, you know, um, contextualize the child's current ability. Actually, they're doing really, really well. You don't have to worry. And how about if we uh, try this approach and have an opportunity to, to coach there as well mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of um, helping parents to realize how well their child is actually doing and they don't can um, step down a little bit in terms of the amount of pressure. And what about children that are really struggling? And we're, we're currently talking a lot about children that are probably kind of in the middle of the of the scale. But children that are truly struggling, a child that is not coping in the classroom, a child that is not meeting the minimum requirement, how does one support that kind of child with extracurricular activity. All right, uh, Sidesh, you go in and um, then I'll say something. Essentially, I, I think uh, what we found over the last many years is that children who come for extra lessons are generally not scoring 70% upwards as far as study buddies' client base is concerned. We actually get people who are scoring some under 20%. Some between 20 and 30, in fact, a, a great number, uh, the majority of study buddies learners are in that area. And then the, the next critical area is between 30 and 40%. Um, it's an exceptional challenge, Pumi. Um, and it's, it takes an immense effort from the tutors in order to transform such marks. You can imagine you're dealing with a multitude of negative things that happened in this child's life, from foundational mathematics to having gone wrong to his personal attributes, you know, being really negative, poor self-esteem and the like. Um, essentially, what we do with groups like that is we, we give them a lot of worked-out examples, show them methodologies, uh, we we pull in their homework, we mark, we show them where they're going wrong, and we're finding that these guys actually start coming through. The, uh, I encourage you again, check check out the website and you'll, you'll see those stats about those guys in the 20%. Um, and this one particular group comes to mind uh, last year, the one we worked with in Pretoria North, where the average in that class was around about 33% in our study buddy class from a private school, where it's really expensive, as you've discovered for me. Um, the average of that group sitting with study buddy was about 33% or so. And that group improved to around about 65 66% uh, within a space of about four months or five months. But the problem is, again, parents are very short-sighted. Once that happened, they pulled them out of extra lessons. Um and my problem with that is I, I told the parents from the beginning, we're fighting fires here. Um, all I want from these guys is just over 50%, but they ended up blowing out the light, so to say, you know, by going into the 60s. And once they got into the 60s, the parents took them out. And the issue with that is that they now have a false perception of where they are. There will be regression, and then they're going to go back to your study buddies and kumons and and other service providers. And then the work is just is always twice as hard. It's going to become difficult mm-hmm. again. From Kumon's perspective, um, it's ideally suited. Well, Kumon is a program that's for any age or any ability. But um, uh, children who have uh, lots of challenges or are really struggling, it, it's ideally suited to them. As I mentioned earlier, we really focus on each individual child when they come to Kumon. So we don't start them if you're um, doing you're in grade two. We're going to start you with grade two work. Like I said earlier, we're going to say let's take you right back to the beginning and let's start again and let's. Let's go step by step um, according to your ability. So there's no um, pressure on them to keep to any kind of uh, timetable or syllabus. And for that reason, they can move at their own pace. So if this child, even if they are in high school already and they need to spend a month going back to one plus one to just get that right again, they have the freedom to do that. There's no um, exam coming up that they've on, on Kumon side that they've got to um, meet. There's no syllabus that they've got to 
complete in a certain time frame. And I think often that's why children do struggle is because they aren't given sufficient opportunity or time to be able to go through something at their own pace and understand it and grasp it. And very, they've quickly got to move on to the next thing and the next thing. And they always feel... And it's getting examined and, and it's, it's yeah, assessed and, and marked. and Always feeling disadvantaged. Always feeling um, they're never quite um, on top of things. And that feeling just generates ongoing anxiety. And your grades get worse. And your whole experience becomes so negative. Is it ever warranted to just... And some just go, listen, I've, I've, I've missed it. I'm just not the person for this particular thing. You know, they, now that they've got, um, math literacy where it's, it's really just the most basic of the literal stuff in mathematics. It doesn't have all the, the heavy concepts. Is it ever warranted for a parent to go, you know what? I've missed the boat with this guy. This guy is not, is not going to be good at maths. He's not going to be good at the, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to, get to what I need to get to to get by, mm. is it ever warranted for a parent or is it important that you you stick it out and you, you know, mm-hmm. go through? Can you ever just go, this guy is not a maths guy? I think not without trying, Pumi. Um, if they've done everything, you know, went to the academic support at school, you know, um, if they were in a position to afford extra lessons and had done all of that, and still found that there was no um, chance of this child passing core mathematics, what I would then recommend is that they actually check if there's a learning disability as well. And, and usually that's found out quite early in life in primary school. If there's no learning disability, the child is just not interested in improving mm-hmm. the mathematics, then you have to step back and say, I'm going to have to go for maths literacy, but be aware that the options and possibilities in university would then be limited. Um, so my my take on this is that some people would have to be forced to go maths lit. Possibilities are limited, but I'd like the majority of people to stick it out and to continue trying because I can promise you that we've seen that with the right intervention from the right people, people in the 20% and we've had examples of people who wrote matric three times in private schools and who then rewrote uh, via some extra program in the country and who come to us with like 27% in mathematics and passed it with 65%. And these are verifiable statistics. So it showed me that, in fact, it's results like that that, that convinced me that if those children were exposed to the right people, you know, in, in the right environment, they can pass mathematics. Last year, we had a brother and sister from Pretoria West. Um, in the June exams, the one scored like 33% and one was like 30%. And I said to these two children, all I want from you in grade 12 is 50% at the year end. And I was terrified. It didn't look to me at times like they were going to get there. The brother ended on about 65% or something. The mom gave me the results. The sister ended on like 62%. Sure. Now, that ch- those two children, let's say the parents put their hands up and said, that's it, we, we can't do anything else. So they would probably have ended up grade 12 mathematics failing. But I'm saying that there are tutors out there who can make you pass. Mm. So really explore that opportunity. In Kumon, we have a saying um, of every child an achiever, and we really believe that everybody has potential. And um, it would be, as you said, short-sighted or a mistake to to give up until you've tried everything. And um, I think I've said earlier that our our take or our philosophy is. If you go back to the, like, like you said, if you have a different ex- opportunity or a different environment to learn something, and if you go back to the beginning and you start again and you build up that foundation, and most importantly, if you practice mm-hmm. all the time, if you practice, it's amazing how many people can be really good. People that you uh, would think would be, have been write-offs or there's no ways that that's going to, to happen. Amazingly, by simply 
practicing, practicing, practicing and going back and building up those foundations again, it's amazing how many um, people can really succeed in maths. Exactly. And as you've given case studies, I mean, we just count this um, in Kumon as well of children who've come, who disheartened, discouraged, their parents are all um, for giving up poor grades, um, no self belief because um, those poor grades yes. have such a huge impact huge, on the self esteem. Because if you're not getting the right grades, mm. everybody you know, you you feel stupid. That's you feel it. stupid mm. because that the assessment in the classroom and everybody knows about the assessment and now everybody knows what mm. you got and it it really just mm. that the impact on the child is just as big. It's you know. Huge. Which is why the question for me around, should you give up? You know, should you as a parent at some point go, you know what? I'd rather, rather not put my child through all of this mess, you know, of, of all of this attack on their personal esteem and find yeah, something it, else. It, it, it's a tough one, but I think Sitesh really answered that well, you know, and that try everything first. And if there is, you might be surprised. You might be surprised as to what they, if you, if the right environment, the right tutor or the right kind of, um, approach to learning something, um, could make all the difference. And mm. there might be that kernel of ability or kernel of, um, success that's just waiting there. And it just takes the right environment, the right person to unlock it and to release it. And <laughs> you might be surprised what's, what's under there. And this is so important that I'd encourage people that unless there's a diagnosed learning disability, don't give up. Because I know there are tutors out there who can turn a 20% into a 50%. And that exists in this country right here in Johannesburg. Sure. <laughs> Look, then there's the question of affordability. I know you, you know where you're in the northern suburbs, you're in the private schools, there's lots of support that can be given to kids and parents are willing to pay for it. What about parents who, who maybe don't have as much access to, to disposable income to pay additional tuition for their kids? What, what can they do? To support their kids a little bit more, you know what are what are some of the just from the, the the experience that you've had, the programs that you run, what are some of the things that a parent can do that may be low cost but will give a child that extra opportunity? You spoke a lot about the practice, uh, Roseanne. What else can parents do to give that additional support if they can't pay a tutor or send them to an extracurricular whatever? I think, as we've mentioned earlier, I think parental interest and um, uh, support of a child's education is accounts for a lot and it's amazing how much um, a child can do better and um, make better progress simply by a parent being interested and sometimes and we all we've got busy lives busy schedules and it's hard but to take that moment or that time or provide that environment for a, a student to have a little space somewhere where they can work well, where they can do their homework with ease um, and showing an interest in what they're studying and what they're learning. That alone can count for a lot in terms of a child doing better at school. Um, and then, yes, um, ensuring that they do do their homework is a big thing um, because, funny enough, if you do your homework, <laughs> you could actually get a better mark <laughs> or if you study. So simply supervision and ensuring that it does happen and as you've mentioned parents do have long hours sometimes and it's not always you maybe but if I, I, I really believe in having even if it's the tiniest space but a space that this is my learning space um, by creating that in the home so a child feels you know if you've got nowhere to work and you're in between everything else it's very hard to feel successful but if you've got a little tiny organized environment where you can sit and study that goes a long way as well. So, yeah, ensuring that homework gets done, um, uh, making sure that they practice every day, showing an interest and believing in your child, believing in them that they, they're great mm. and they can succeed and, um, and showing them that constantly that you really think that they're doing so well and that you believe in them. Well, I think those are all ingredients that can help mm. children to really believe in themselves. Mm. Do so much better. For me, you raise an exceptionally critical issue for the country because there are people sitting in rural areas who simply cannot afford extra lessons. And this is a challenge 
for our country as a whole, business as well as um, private ed- education service providers, to actually collaborate. And there is expertise out there. There are, you know, uh, innumerable number of people um, who are highly competent in mathematics and science and who are available to assist people in the rural areas. But we're chatting to business to say, become involved. This is what we have done to date, and this is what we can do if we adopt this school in Limpopo, that school in Eastern Cape. Uh, so become involved. Help us to make this possible. You know, if you back us, we go there with the content, we go there with the expertise, and we'll start changing lives. Mm-hmm. So there is a responsibility also on South African business to become involved with us. Mm. Yeah, because, you know, because the, the, the challenges are so huge and we see it as we were talking about the numbers coming out of Limpopo. It's it's not geographical. Mm. You know, people can do well if mm. they have the support. And I think just the support of parents. And again, <laughs> this is this is my initial, my, my, my big, um, I suppose, and and why I needed to have this conversation is one of the things that that's my big uh, fear is that you're not doing enough as a parent. You, you know, there's so much out there. There's so many things There's online and this, and it's difficult to kind of figure out, but maybe it just starts with something as simple as being involved, being there, checking the homework. You know, if you don't have looking for places, if you don't have the technical expertise, looking for places where you can find the information before I let you go, your information, how do people get hold of you? How do people find out about more about you? Where do they go? So Dash, let's start with you. Okay. It's only because you're on my right <laughs> that you're the first person. Actually, <laughs> well, you can get hold of me a um, couple of ways. Uh, I'm at 079-528-1755. 079-528-1755. Not shy with that cell phone number. Also, he wasn't yeah. listening to Frankly Speaking, <laughs> just putting it out there. Cell phone number directly into his pocket. My, our website, www.studybuddyonline.com. .co.za Study Buddy Online and you're not just based in Gauteng you are everywhere can you if I'm in Cape Town listening to the show we've got partners in Cape Town who would would uh, provide the tuition provide the tuition all over the country homegrown support for children maths science and the languages which ages do you concentrate on Uh, well it's approximately age 8 through to 17 and we've got a university component as well. University component too. That's now right. you tell me with two <laughs> minutes to go. Because that's a big one as well. I think just, you know, because everybody cares about matric. It's so funny for me that everybody cares about just that matric year. Yes. But there's there's all this 11 years prior. Yes. And then there's also post-matric. But Quite everybody right. just concentrates all of their energy on matric. Well, I may have to call you back on another day. <laughs> Roseanne? The best place to find information about Kumon is on our website, kumon.co.za. Um, it has the full listing of all of our um, centers around the country with contact details, times, fees, um, what they offer. So it's a um, very detailed resource to go to. Uh, of course, you can also phone me at my office, which is 011 and um, our age group, we it's uh, really suited to all ages, but the predominant age group that we focus on is um, the younger from preschool through from about ages four through to 14 on into high school. But it is really something that's suitable for everybody. I think if you're a parent listening today, there's lots of information out there. There's really lots of help if your child is struggling or if you just want to give extra extra help to your child so that they can be a better student. There are lots of places to go to. Thank you very much, Roseanne. Thank you very Thank much, Sudesh, for it's coming through and chatting with me. And you can always catch podcasts of this show and other shows. I'm Pumi Mashekho and you've been listening to... Womandla on cliffcentral.com We're back again next week. This is cliffcentral.com